Happy New Year, everyone. With the start of a fresh year, I thought it'd be fun to talk mindset. We're all probably thinking through the ways we can perform better, manage better, grow our companies, and hopefully strike a better balance between work and life. My guest today is entrepreneur mindset coach, Joe Trodden. He focuses on working with early stage founders, those who have launched and built a small team, usually in their first few years of business. His goal is to help them and us push past some of the pain points that come as our teams grow, but we still think of ourselves as the fearless leader who can solve all the problems. I know this is something I've struggled with and something I've done many, many times with the companies that I've launched, and it's definitely a limiting factor for any company's growth. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey Joe, welcome to The Build Cycle. Hey Tyler, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. It's funny, like um, my son gives me a hard time because I'm always talking to him about growth mindset or like, you know, scarcity mindset and all this. He's like, Dad, stop with the mindset stuff. <laughs> but here we are, I'm talking to, uh, I think you call yourself the UK's mindset coach or something like that, right? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm a mindset coach for entrepreneurs. The UK's the UK's number one might be, you know, who, who am I to blow my own trumpet? But I must be top three. <laughs> That's, I mean, <laughs> it's not a bad spot to be, right? So I'm kind of curious. Like, I want to start off with, you know, how do you define mindset? What are, what are we talking about here? Sure. I think um, it's one of these words that's has become quite difficult to get a, a, a concrete definition on. You know, it's been. Um, it's used in so many different ways in different circles. But for me, mindset is not a positive quote on an Instagram post with somebody pulling a yoga pose on a mountain, right? For me, mindset is everything about your cognition. So it's everything that's going on inside your head, your thinking style, your communication style, how you're basically how you are processing the outside world. So you're taking it in, it goes into your mindset, you process it in a certain way, and then it's your thoughts and your behaviors, your actions, all of that is coming out. So for me, mindset, I think a good sort of visual is just this prism. You know, there isn't, a, an, there isn't an objective world, there's only a subjective world, right? So it's how you interpret that and then what you do off the back of it. So it is everything that's going on inside your head. That's mindset for me. Right on. So I'm just making a note because there's, I want to talk about, you mentioned like the how the inputs are processed and so I want to maybe finish with talking about like filters because we all have a filter that we process everything through that affects our mindset but let's let's maybe close with that so I was reading through your website watching some of your videos before we spoke and you talk a lot about strategy and I'm kind of curious like what's the connection between mindset and strategy as as it applies to entrepreneurs sure so my core client group are guys who are about two to three years in, so they've got a traction point, they've got a clear customer that's identified. Uh, we were touching on it a little bit before the call that if you're going from like zero to that traction point, it is chaos. You know, you need to be moving around, pivoting, changing your idea. Whatever your idea is on day one and your plan on day one is wrong. <laughs> you know, that's. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good starting point and it looks great on paper but you are forgetting what it's actually like out in the real world. You know, as soon as you drop a few human beings in there, um, it's completely different. It's funny because I talked to guys about, like, you could have um, the cure for broken arms, take it to a group of people in the real world who've got broken arms, and they might still go, ah, no, I'm all right, I'll, you know, I'll muddle by. So even if you've got, like, this amazing solution, there's a lot of factors in there, right? So you've got to be a certain type. 
But then once you get to this traction point, and you've got a team, now my, the guys I've got, their teams are like sub-20, typically 5 to 15 people, and they cannot operate in that, that sort of chaotic way anymore. You know, it goes beyond. There's a, a point, it's usually around five, there's a point where it's kind of five people that you just don't have the close contact with them, that they can constantly be reading your mind. You know, now is the time to write some stuff down, <laughs> which those types of entrepreneurs are not that great at, right? Because they're reacting all the time. So it's about the strategy pieces, where are we actually trying to get to? So that you can get everybody in that team to look at that board and any one of them can say, this is this, this is the narrative of this business and here is my place within it. Because without that, it, uh, so often at this traction point, I speak to the employees and they say, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. You know, I don't really know. Are we trying to get... I kind of know where we're trying to get to, but is that two years or five years or 20 years? So the strategy piece is really understanding what actually is this business and how do you take that up to the next level? So you've really got to tighten down on that customer, the promise that you make to them, what that uncommon offer is, which is your differentiator, how you're going to resource it in terms of money. You know, people talk about, oh, yeah, I'll go for investment. Well, for what? Like, what's the risk level? What's the return when do they get that money back? So the strategy piece is to make sure everybody's got the story. And then the mindset piece with the entrepreneur is, okay, how do we leverage the, the expertise that you've got, like your particular lens on the world, that visionary thing, that creative thing typically, how do we leverage that in the story to, to accelerate it or to, at least to make it happen? All right. So I've been told I have a bunch of hamsters running around in my head because I feel like that's it, right? Like that chaos that like you see a problem and you want to figure out 10 different ways to solve it or something, just almost just because it's a challenge, right? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, we get bored easily, right? Like we built it to, you know, if, if something could be scaled to a 10, we built it to two and we're like, cool, I've done this. They're like, what's next? But, you, you know, for me, the challenge with mine is like, I, I know it could get to 10. We're stuck somewhere in like what I feel is maybe like, right now with bike room or anyway, like maybe in that four to five range, right? Like there's a ton more potential, but I'm like, okay, I've got it here. I don't know what to do next. So I'm like, my mind's already like searching for these other things. Yeah. What, how do you, how do you coach entrepreneurs to kind of like narrow their field of view for just a minute so that they can keep focused on the thing that has a ton more potential and help build that team and build that strategy? So it is, it is about like, what's the narrative? You know, what is the way to do that? And to bring the team in. Like there are points where you as a, an entrepreneurial leader are working out the what and the how. So that's like the, the target we're trying to get to and how we're going to get there. And it's, it's reasonably prescriptive. Again, if you look at the early stage, that's what you're conditioned to do, right? You've got the goal and you're working out the how and you're able to adapt and change as we go. But then there comes a point where it's the, the team really have to be deciding like, much more of that how so if the narrative and the milestones are on a strategic roadmap to say me as the visionary entrepreneur this is what i see you know and i don't i don't know exactly obviously what you see in terms of the business you're talking about but here is what this could look like right team how how can we make it look that way you know how can we actually get there and stop focusing on trying to work all of that stuff out yourself as an individual again i'm not talking about your specific case but this is what I see that holds entrepreneurs um, back at times because they should be focusing largely on the what. And then, like you're saying, that next visionary step, 
not the not the mechanics of how you're actually going to get to that next milestone. More often than not, the team have got amazing ideas on how to do that, and it's about empowering them to bring their solutions to life rather than trying to work on that. It's almost like the detail of that how, because visionary minds are really poorly set up to do that. <laughs> they should be leveraging their superpowers elsewhere. Right. Yeah, I like that because it, I think it would also get team buy-in, right? They feel some ownership in 100%. that. 100%. The uh, the plan, um, very good. It's probably tough too, though, because you know, like you want, you almost feel like you're giving up control. And for so many entrepreneurs that have built something from scratch, that's their baby, right? You, you don't want to give up control. How do you? Uh, that's got to be one of the. I, I imagine that's got to be a tough one of the toughest parts of your job is getting them to relinquish. And you know, I, I think you and I were talking before, and you said, "This is right, right? Like you probably know how to do something." really well and somebody else may do it not as well or they just may do it in a totally different way that you don't understand and it's it's like a real screws with your mind a little bit yeah yeah man and there's there's a lot of um there's a there's quite a few things if we talk about mindset there's a few things that are happening at that point so the entrepreneur if they're two two or three years in and they've gone through that chaos and they've built that team they have almost got this kind of demigod status within that team. And they've also had a lot of... We um, like to think so anyway. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Kyler. The, this is what I'm there to sort of deconstruct that um, status, you know. But they, they get that because they are the ones that created this from nothing. And he's, he's this cool guy who's done this amazing thing. And wow, that's amazing. It's their own business and they've built it from nothing. And so all of that happens. And there's a bit of hubris. Typically, the guys I work with have won some awards and things as well. So it all kind of feeds into this status that even at a subconscious level, you feel it's still on you to solve the problem. It's still, I'm not talking about you specifically, <laughs> it's still on the entrepreneur to solve the problem. Like they are the font of all knowledge, right? And they're expected to do it. And you need to deconstruct that um, that thing because it's not, sometimes it's an ego thing, but more often than not with my guys, they just don't understand that that power dynamic exists. Like it's happening, you know, it's a subconscious thing that's happening, both internally in them as a person and also within the team, but it's not being surfaced and being dealt with, which is one of the things that I look at. This is to your point around, if they don't understand, so you imagine you're sitting in that meeting and somebody's coming up with a solution and the entrepreneur is going, mm, I don't really understand that methodology. I'm the smart person. They probably just don't know quite how to do it. So I'll step in and I'll take ownership and I'll give them a better idea. I've put that in inverted quotes there for anyone because it's just <laughs> audio. Though. Like a better way to do it. And all that's happened there is that person's felt now disempowered and the entrepreneurs given themselves another task that they are technically responsible for because they have set those wheels in motion. And you look at the power dynamic. So I'm your employee, right? And I'm probably somebody who's fairly inexperienced, you know, because typically entrepreneurs at that point haven't got a lot of A players in that team. You know, they filled it with an intern here and then a small hire here and a freelancer there. So the, the dynamics are a bit off. So then how much can I challenge you? So I'm saying, no, you really do need to listen to my idea. How many times can you say, no, no, my idea is better before I just back down and do nothing? So there's a lot of those power dynamics that are happening as well. So it's about deconstructing some of those and bringing those to the surface. Yeah, I imagine it's, it's a two-way coaching street there. Like, like you got to coach the entrepreneur to be more accepting of other people's ideas and, and let people run with it. But then 
I guess you probably also have to coach the employees and say, look, you need to just stand up and say, I can do this or, you know, I got this. Don't worry and prove themselves because there's a lot of people that work in an environment, especially if they're working for a really strong personality that just may not even think that they could offer up an alternate solution. If the lead entrepreneur is not looking to empower their people, I am not the guy to work with. You know, if, if they're saying, yeah, that you know, they're all idiots, right? You know, basically that's the thing. They're my resource. And I've, I meet some entrepreneurs that are like that, where they are my resource. That's fine, right? But you'll never be able to grow anything then because you are still going to be the fulcrum of absolutely everything. So there is a coaching um, situation there in terms of the lead entrepreneur going, what are we trying to build here? But if we're trying to build something where you are the epicenter, that circumference of the business is only going to get so big because you can only, you know, you can only exercise that control so far. If everybody's always got to come back to you and say, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing? You know, it's your plan. It's your plan. Okay, you, you, you will create a business of a certain size doing that. But it's about the empowerment of the people. And how you do that is just giving them whatever the next stretch goal is for them. Because I hear you, there's a lot of um, people that will be on those teams as well, and I see this all the time, that they are frightened of uh, failure, they're frightened of doing the wrong thing, they're frightened of getting fired. Do you know, if, like, if I take this project on and it's a mess, what's actually going to happen? And it's coaching them through that as well. You know, there's a point at which, sometimes I work with those employees, and there's a point at which they really have reached their threshold, do you know, and that isn't enough. And then at least me and the entrepreneur have got the discussion around, well, actually, do we need to bring somebody else in? You know, if they have they run the race, um, is there something else that they can do? But it's about what's the next stretch goal for that person, and to be very explicit about what's going on. But like, I know this is going to be a stretch goal. There might be times where you feel like you this is out of your control. There might be times where you feel like you don't know what you're doing. So let's keep the communication channel up, and again, like surface this unconscious stuff, so we can put it on the table and deal with it. Right. So one of the questions I then just from my own experience and from seeing some other people that have these small and mid-sized businesses is, you know, you grow it to a certain point, <clears throat> maybe you've recognized or you've been convinced with a coach like yourself that, okay, you need to continue just being the visionary and hire somebody else to manage the day-to-day, -day, you know, and manage your team. But if you can't afford that person yet, like what's, how do you... How do you work through that phase when you know you need somebody but you can't? So, like, I imagine you either have to try and get your somebody in your current team to step up a little bit, or you need that that crazy hamster brain entrepreneur to figure out how to focus in for just a little while until you can get to the point where they can hire somebody. Sure. So then we're looking at the the strategy, right? We're saying strategically. If we're looking at your revenue, at what point can you actually put that A player in to manage the team? So there's one option. What about your team? So if we look at the, the functions in the business from a strategic perspective, who can actually step up? And how do we empower them to do that? How do we empower them to take on another aspect of the role to become, to generate more revenue almost? You know, is there a way that we can tweak this team and challenge them to develop more so that this business generates more revenue to get that A player faster? Is it an investment case? Is it a debt case? You know, that. so this is what I mean about, I used to do quite a lot um, more focus. I know the company's called Mindset Experts. Like mindset is such a fundamental part of it. If you don't have the mindset, we're nowhere, right? Forget it. Like if you're not prepared to like look at yourself, be self-aware, develop, 
like good luck with that <laughs> uh, but, but you also need the strategic piece because otherwise there were points previously without that that you would be looking at it's almost like um it's just a sort of nice thought experiment you know to go all right i've got these superpowers that we call them you know i've got these strengths these abilities i've got these fears and these weaknesses but what's the context so this is why it all flows from the strategy so you say well how do you get that person well it comes from a strategy right What's the revenue point at which that person comes on? What are the, what was the investment option, the, the debt option? You know, it's all good to flow from that. All right. One of the things, like in my mind too, is you know, you run this small lean organization, or at least I try to run it super lean because I've had companies before where we spent a lot of money on this and that, and we had all these random people, and there's a lot of I don't even want to say bloat, but it was just like unnecessary expenses and hassles. And so with my current team anyway, with Bike Room, I try and run it really, really lean. You know, we probably push everybody a little bit hard and I challenge them to kind of do maybe more than um, I know some of our peers are being asked to do at similar other cycling media outlets and stuff. And I think, you know, but we enjoy it. Hopefully they enjoy it and they enjoy learning some new skills now and then. But for me, adding layers and adding managers and this, that, and the other, it just kind of adds like layers and bureaucracy and sort of some of the things that we all don't like. And um, how do you deal with that? Is it, again, you just kind of like, I don't know. How do you deal with that? Like, because to me, that sounds like horrible. Well, it depends on what their, their purpose is. You know, when I, when I was talking before about a lot of the times there aren't A players in the, these businesses when I go in initially, you know, because of the way it's been. I think, like, Frankenstein is a little bit hard, I guess. But, you know, I mean, it's just been, like, fill a gap, fill a gap. Here, we'll get somebody in here. Oh, yeah, I know a person that can do that, blah, blah. And it, when I'm going in, we're actually just putting the foot on the brake and saying, what actually is this? Like, what is the, what, what's the customer? What's the product? What's the revenue? You know, what's all that element? what is the organizational structure that is going to deliver that now? What does it look like at the next milestone? What does it look like at the next milestone and why? So, you know, you say put those layers in, but those layers have got a good function. Like, do you, do you feel that... I'm not I'm not sure I get why you would feel that those layers would be a hassle rather than something that actually frees you up to do the thing know. you want you to just, do. Maybe I've heard horror stories or, like, seeing these big companies <laughs> with all these, like... You know, a lower manager, middle manager, upper manager, you know, see something, see something. And then finally, whoever at the top, it's just, it's like, it almost, to me, it's this government analogy where it's just like all these layers of bureaucracy and nothing gets done because it always has to get through somebody else to somebody else to somebody else. And Sure, sure. But from, from what we're talking about before, that seems like, you know, a massive polar extreme. I'm not saying <laughs> that you set up, you know... A, a layer like government's got or like some massive bank has or something see this is why uh, we were talking before we started about like who we actually want to work with so i don't work with pure startup because they're pivoting around too much they don't need me to put up a strategy and a structure and you know sort out all of these dynamics because a week later it's going to be a different business right it's going to be a, a, a different shape plus actually tyler they don't have any money so you know that's that's always <laughs> a challenge in a business model right um, and the guys who are way beyond what I do, I'm not really interested there either because I like to see things happening fast, you know, impact, things moving. We're making progression. When I've worked in large organizations before, it's cool, man, and, you know, they do their own thing, but it's like any change is trying to turn an oil tanker around. 
Like there are too many things. There's too the decision making's horrendously slow. You've got people who are just a drag. You know, you've got the politics and all that. I do not thrive in those scenarios, man. I am way too direct. I'm pretty intense. So when it comes to like playing any political game, it's not going to work. But it feels to me like, you know, you're you're potentially applying a, a rule there that or a structure that isn't actually what the next step is. You know, the next step's getting that awesome A player in. There's something called, I don't know if you've, have you heard of the Alliance from Reed Hoffman? Uh, no, heard of Reed Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, so Reed Hoffman, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. I was, I was on the phone the other day. Um, so he, uh, I, I wasn't incidentally, I'm not that well connected. So Reed <laughs> Hoffman, uh, he recognized that when he was bringing people in and he wanted A players, what the people that he wanted at LinkedIn wanted was to develop, right? So they're in Silicon Valley. There's all these people that are competing. You know, hey, we've got a ping pong table. We'll give you the best vegan lunch in the valley. Like, who's who's wanting to compete on that stuff, right? Everybody's got that. And it became, if people were just mercenary about the money, then they weren't that valuable either, right? Because they get three months into a project, somebody offers them more money and off they go. So he wrote a book where he talks about the alliance agreement. So the alliance agreement is to say, what are you going to get from this? Like to treat us as two independent parties. So I've got a company and I'm looking for a company to do this and here's what the culture is. What do you want out of your life? You know, how do we help each other? How do I help you reach your independent goal in the context of what we're doing here? So you get an A player in because you can give them, I know you've got your own life and your own ambitions and your own goals. That's what makes you an A player. How closely do they align with what I need in here and our culture so we create a win-win so you guarantee that you'll stay with me for 12 months and here's what our map together will look like you know you'll get to do this thing this thing this thing i'll challenge you these ways because it's going to help you get closer to your life goal now that is a really cool way to get a players in and that's a mindset shift around you're not my employee we're too of course there's going to be like you know there's hierarchical structure right they're an employee to some regard but I recognize you've got your own goals and ambitions. So let's find out where that alignment is and we'll make this commitment to each other to operate at our edge because you want a cool thing, I want a cool thing. So where's the alignment? It's a great way to look at, you know, how you get that that A player in without necessarily paying it being about who can pay the most money. All right, I like it. All right, so let's, well, again, before we get to the filters, I want to ask, I feel like, you know, this is, been a fairly short episode so far and um but i think to me we've covered the critical elements there what am i not asking like what are some of the things that you end up having to coach people over and over and over again that they don't even realize was something they should have considered it's it's the awareness thing i mean i suppose this is going to bleed into the filters you know that you've got to understand mindset and the the differences that the people that you have around about you um have you cannot know what it's like to be them right so you get people to take something simple like a myers-briggs test it's a personality typing test it'll encourage you to think about what your strengths are but then you should be looking at your opposite and seeing what are your opposite strengths and what are their fears and what are their weaknesses and what happens there like is if you're going to go to the next level it's it's as much about trying to understand other people as it is yourself the caveat that I would put on that and the mindset shift is you cannot know what it's like to be them. And you cannot say, oh, yeah, I'm not normally a detail person, but, you know, I get detail, so I can just, you know, I can turn that on and I can be good at that. Or 
I'm not normally a, a great um, people person or networking person, but you know, I can turn that on. I can be whatever I want to be. You can, you can, right? You're only ever going to get to like a two out of 10 in something that you don't have some sort of innate natural ability in. And why on earth would you want to spend your time doing that when you're only ever going to get, well, maybe with practice, you can get to a three, right? Well, why would you want to do that? But you have to have this level of trust in your people to do things their way because you cannot you cannot understand how they do it. It's like me saying, I know exactly what love means to you. I don't, right? I've got an approximation of that. I've got like my definition and how, whatever that means to me. And maybe that we've had a discussion, I kind of get what it means to you. But I can't actually ever know that. And that shift is pretty huge in leadership, you know, because they think I'm smart, I understand people, I know how things work. So I know how that person thinks. Well, you don't. And you have to give them much more space to explore how they think. And every time you shut them down, what you're saying is the way you think is wrong. And if somebody is continually told that in a team, <laughs> you you know, what, what can a leader is doing that? How are you going to empower your, your team to do that? So I, I think the key thing is to develop that appreciation, the understanding that you cannot truly know how they think and to give people space. But I think they're key messages if you're going to actually grow and empower a team. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a lot like empathy, but realizing the limitations of your ability to use empathy. Yeah, because like you said, you can get an idea of how somebody feels, but you never know how they truly feel. And then, yeah, so that does kind of come to filters is you know, like this whole mindset thing where everything that's coming in and how it affects you, I think, is gets filtered through your life experiences and all that. So it's... Do you find some entrepreneurs have you know more of an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset or this? I don't even know what the other ones are. Those are the two, you know, growth mindset. Uh, three. Yeah. I got three. Um, yeah, but like, how do how do you deal with entrepreneurs that have those different kind of filters in place from however many years they've been subjected to whatever in their lives? I just don't see. I mean, I don't work with entrepreneurs that have got a, a scarcity mindset. And it's not because they've made some sort of active choice to say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have that type of mindset. They've just got it. Like there are very few visionary entrepreneurs in the world. I mean, I get challenged on that, right? But then I'll, I'll ask people, well, just name your top 20. Who are your top 20 <laughs> visionary entrepreneurs out of this, you know, 7 billion people on this planet? They're, they're few and far between, man. And what holds them back is this traction point that I'm talking about because the thing that's behind them starts to destabilize and if you don't actually get that core structure to put the strategy in and empower the people in the right way what ends up happening is your attention as that entrepreneur is split between looking out of the world and turning around and messing up what your team are trying to do because you haven't empowered them and you're still trying to keep control of that and it isn't because you want it you know partly it's because they feel that's what I'm supposed to be doing you know, I'm the lead person, I'm the leader here. I should be trying to manage that situation. They've just got to shift their thinking around, actually, I need to find the right mechanism to give this crew the structure that it actually needs. People can still, you know, they've still got flexibility. They should still be looking at different ways to do things. But these guys, they just can't, they cannot do that. They cannot create that structure. It's pointless trying to teach them to do it. It's the same way as it's pointless trying to teach a non-visionary to say, hey, just be more visionary. What you've got <laughs> to do is you've got to go out and you know look at the world this way and do that. I see that a lot, man. I see it a lot in kind of 
you know, all you've got to do is this, and you know, people should be more like that, and it's just a massive oversimplification, you know. So, like, the, whether they've got like a, a scarcity, see, scarcity is a different thing for me as well. Like, I want see if I'm the numbers guy, I want them to have a scarcity mindset. You know, I want them to be thinking, hey, we need to be looking at every single detail here. You know, we need to be refining this machine because resources are scarce. That lead entrepreneur, I want them to have an abundance mindset because then they're looking out and saying, hey, the world's full of these opportunities. There's opportunities all over the place. So I don't think it really comes down to like growth and fixed and scarcity and abundance. It comes down to the depth that you understand your cognitive style and your superpowers and the context in which you apply those. All right. And focus on your strengths, it sounds like. For sure. Right on. All right. And so if somebody wants to work with you, and I just, I, I kind of want to sum it up to make sure I'm clear. So it's sounds like where you come in is you take these entrepreneurs and they have a vision, they want to do X and they're not sure how to get there. You help them create the plan of how to get there and then make sure that that plan is well communicated or at least communicable easily to the team that is supporting them. Yeah, I mean, I'm working in there with the guys that I work face to face with, um, like, you know, when I'm actually in, going into ingrained in the organization, I tend to work with them for about 90 days to actually, you know, make sure that that gets embedded. Um, but it's critical that they're at that point. They have to be visionary entrepreneurs, right? If they're going, oh, am I, am I not? You're not. You know, like you would answer that as a yes, I am. I'm trying to create this big thing. They have to feel like what's happening at the moment is slowing them down. They're wading through treacle. They might even feel, do you know, is my, have I even got the right team here? Is this team actually going to be able to execute? It's them that's causing that problem. But what they want to do is step up to that next level and they're open to developing themselves as entrepreneurial leaders and they're not just putting it on their people. So like I say, a couple of years in, got the traction point, got the team there, visionary entrepreneur wanting to step up to that next level and they, what they need is that structure that's the scaffolding behind them to enable them to point out the way and keep creating. All right, on. So how can somebody get in touch with you if they want to explore a relationship? So they can email me, joe at mindsetexperts.co.uk. Um, they can follow me on LinkedIn. I think that's just Joe Trodden. I think I'm the, you know, it's the benefits <laughs> of an unusual name, right? right. Um, and they can look at the website, uh, mindsetexperts.co.uk. Um, I, I don't use any other social media channels. I'm a one-channel dude. You know, I just don't fit well on. I'm not pretty enough for Instagram. You know, what can I tell you? <laughs> cool, awesome. Well, I'll put links to all that in the show notes, and hopefully, people will reach out with questions and uh, see how you can help. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Here's my key takeaways. First, mindset isn't strategy. Your mindset is more about how you view the world and, more importantly, how you envision the way the world could be better thanks to your ideas, and then being able to articulate that vision. Strategy is how you define the steps toward achieving your vision and doing it in a way that your team can clearly understand and clearly see their roles in. That last part is key for two reasons. First, if your people haven't bought into your vision, then they're the wrong people for the job. Find new ones. Second, if they don't understand their roles in achieving the vision, then you haven't explained the vision or the strategy well enough. Once you have the right people in the right place and they've bought into your vision, get out of their way. Trust them to do the work. Just being there to guide their efforts so everyone stays on track, but not diving into the minutia of how they do it. 
This is often one of the hardest things entrepreneurs have to do as their team and their companies grow. Often we start small, sometimes solo, and we figure out the systems and the processes that work for us. And they may work, but that doesn't mean they're the right systems for others to use. Ultimately, it comes down to this. Do you want control over the day-to-day, or do you want success at the end of the day? Hey, thanks for listening. You can find links in the show notes for this episode at tylerbenedict.com slash podcast, along with a list of every episode I've recorded. Check it out. Here's hoping you've got a growth mindset and a team that believes in you. Until next time, keep building. Keep building.